welcome to Church Experience Online. We're so happy you joined us today. As you watch this teaching video, if you have any questions or need help getting connected, please don't hesitate to reach out by phone or email. Also, our website is the best place to go if you would like to access helpful growth step resources, join a serving team, connect in a life group, get your questions answered, or support this movement financially by giving online. At the end of this teaching video, you'll hear one of our Church Experience Worship original songs. And we hope that gives you an opportunity to worship and reflect on what you learned. Thanks again for joining us at Church Experience Online. Hey, Church Experience family, thank you for joining us for this service today. And thank you for those of you who are not only watching online, but those of you who are watching at the drive-in. We had someone come to our church for the very first time recently, and we messaged them, thanked them for coming, and this is what they wrote back. They said, it was amazing. I'll definitely be back. There's a whole lot of love at that church. And what I loved was that they could sense our love from inside their vehicle. I mean, that's pretty cool. I'm not surprised when I hear that comment when we're gathered together because people are high-fiving and hugging each other. And man, I don't know when that's going to come back, but hopefully it eventually comes back. But man, you could just sense our love when we're together physically. But from inside a vehicle, they could still tell that it was a loving church. So way to go, church experience. I love that about our church family. And we do hope and believe that we're going to be together in person again. We don't know for sure yet when, but we believe it's coming. So keep praying in the right time when we can do it in a safe way. We're going to gather again. So just stay posted and we'll keep you updated. But between here and there, we're going to continue in our services in the, in the current format. And I'm so glad you're joining us. But I think we're all ready for a change, aren't we? I mean, we've been in this pandemic season for a while now, and it's really disrupted life as we know it. And I think we're all ready for a change. We're ready for something different. But here's the thing. I don't want you to miss what God is changing right now in this season. Because not only are we looking forward to a change, it's very possible that God is wanting to create a change in you right now in this season. And so I've titled today's message, Ready for a Change. We've been in this Kingdom Come teaching series, and we began the first week talking about an unshakable kingdom. We talked about how so many things in our culture and our world right now have, have been shaken but about how God's kingdom is unshakable. And you might remember last week when I shared a video of a tornado that had come through Chattanooga, Tennessee, and really created a lot of destruction. A church was torn down, and there was a woman playing piano there in the midst of the ruins. And it was such a beautiful video to see this. In the midst of the pain and the destruction, there's still glory going to God in the midst of all of that. Well, I shared that video, and Kennedy one of the girls in our church who recently moved down here and joined Church Experience just in the last couple months, uh, she sent us a picture. And if you check out this picture, this is actually one of her friend's houses that was completely destroyed. And you can see there's one wall left standing with a cross hanging on that wall. 
What, a, what an amazing statement that in the midst of destruction, in the midst of, of, of problems, in the midst of adversity, that the, the cross of Christ still stands, that Jesus, his kingdom remains unshakable. And I want to encourage you with those words today because some of you, your whole world's been shaken. Maybe your career has changed, your finances have changed, maybe your health has changed, family situations changed, where you can come and go to has changed. But there's one thing that will always be unchanging. You have a Savior, Jesus, who loves you, and it will be there for you. And in his unshakable kingdom, we have something solid to stand on. Last week, we talked about his kingdom come in me. And if you remember, we had the buckets up here. And when the, each bucket represented a different part of our life. And if you missed that, go back in the archives and, and catch up with us. But, but we talked about prioritizing life, and we talked about how Jesus in my life changes things. And how Jesus first in my life changes things. And how Jesus over my life changes things. But most of all, we talked about how Jesus is my life. And Jesus can carry the weight of all of the rest of our life. Well, today I want to teach about the incredible potential of the kingdom of God for you. And not only for you, but through you. There's an amazing potential in the kingdom of God, and, and, and I hope that you're ready for a change, and we're going to see God do some great things today in this message. Well, I had an interesting experience uh, years ago. I was invited to go out with a, a family, and they were in our church at the time, and uh, this was when I lived back in Michigan, and, and this family, I really liked them. They're, they're neat people. I, I knew them pretty well, not, not super well, but I knew them pretty well. And, and they wanted to go out and, and meet up at this fast food place. And so we brought our family, and we went to meet up with them. And I thought it was just kind of a relational, get to know each other. I was super excited about that. I wanted, wanted to hang out, spend some quality time together. But pretty quick after we got into the conversation, we were there at the fast food place. We were just talking. Uh, I realized that they had an agenda. And their agenda was centered around their network marketing business that they were immersed in as a family. And the whole reason why they invited us out to spend time with them is not just to get to know us better, not to share their story with us and to hang out. No, it was because they wanted to recruit us to join in their network marketing business. Left a bad taste in my mouth. All right, no heads up. It was just come on, come, come out for the sales pitch. And uh, I, I felt... I felt sold on something. I, I didn't feel like I was uh, invited there for a relationship. I was invited there. I felt, felt used for something. Well, you'd think I'd, I'd learn the lesson, but that's not the only time that that's happened in my life. There was another time where I met, met this guy, and I don't even remember. I think I was speaking at a, a student camp or something, and, and in that process, I met this guy. He seemed like a neat guy, and, and he invited me. He's a, he, he was actually from a different town. He was coming through my town. He's like, hey, I'm going to be in town. You want to meet up? And he invited me out to eat, and, and we went to like an Applebee's, and we, we sat down at the table together. And uh, I was excited to see this guy again and talk to him. And, and, and I noticed that while we were talking, and he was just being real normal and talking and asking me questions, we're hanging out. And, but I noticed that he had this portfolio setting on the restaurant table in front of him. And I, I didn't know what it was. He didn't say anything about it. But I just, I just noticed it was there prominently setting right in front of him. Maybe he had some work he didn't get done. Well, no, it was, it was very purposeful that that portfolio was there because as we got into the conversation further, he opens up his portfolio. And he says, hey, have you ever wanted to live in a house like this? <laughs> he turns a page. Have you ever wanted to drive a car like this? <laughs> he turns another page. Have you ever wanted to have money like this? <laughs> and he's got all these pictures and these diagrams. And he was trying to sell me on being a part of his network marketing business. 
And you'll just do these things. And man, I'm telling you, you'll be rich and all these things will be great for you. And, and you know, you, you've probably had experiences like that too before where, where maybe someone sold you or, or oversold you on an opportunity. Maybe it was a new job and how great that job was going to be. You know, this, this get rich quick investment, if you'll just do this, then man, it's going to be so good. The results will be amazing. And we've all been sold on something before where someone has sold us on something. But it's rare that when someone really hypes something up, that it turns out as good as they said it would. That's pretty rare. A lot of times we're oversold and overpromised, and yet it's underdelivered. Yet today, no matter how effective I can be, and I'm going to try my best, but no matter how effective I will be today in telling you how much potential there is for you and through you in the kingdom of God, I will miserably fail. <laughs> I'm just going to warn you. <laughs> All right. I will miserably fail at telling you how great the potential is for God's kingdom in your life and through your life. There's just, there's so much potential, and I'm going to explain that more, but so much potential. And the best way that I can think to explain this is to look at a story in the book of Luke, chapter 8. Luke, chapter 8, it says, After this, Jesus, he traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. And the 12 were with him. Okay, so let me just, just pause right here as we're getting into this story. So, so Jesus, he's traveling around from town to town, village to village, preaching and teaching about the kingdom of God. He's preaching and teaching about the kingdom of God, and, and it says the good news. The good news. Man, it's so fun to hear good news, isn't it? We've had a lot of bad news this year. It's so good to get good news. And how fun is it to be the person that gets to walk into a room where people are just down and depressed and, and, and you get to deliver good news? Like, hey guys, hey, hey, lift your head up a little bit. I got some good news for you. I got some good news. It's so fun to be that person, to deliver the good news. And I, I put it this way in your teaching notes. I, I have really good news. You have really good news. So Jesus is going around town to town preaching that there's some good news. We, we call it, the word we use for that is the, the gospel. The good news. There, there's good news. The kingdom of God is such good news. And when you get to experience the good news personally, the gospel personally, it changes everything. And the gospel, if I could put it into a few sentences, is that there was really bad news that, that sin, all of our sin, it devastated and destroyed the, the paradise that God had created on earth. And, and it destroyed what God wanted to do in us. It put up walls between us and God. It severed that relationship and brought brokenness into this world. And our sin, your sin and my sin did all that. It was terrible, bad news. But in the midst of that bad news, God, because he was loving, was not content to leave us spiraling downward into an abyss, into separation from him. He was not content to just spin us out into the universe and, and just forget about us or completely destroy us. Because of his great compassion and love, he had to find a, a, a cure for this cancer that was destroying us, this cancer of sin. But being a just God, he could not just look the other way and, and say, well, it's no big deal. It was a big deal. 
So what he did is he sent his own son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for your sin and for mine. So that when we receive that payment, we can be forgiven of our sins. Completely forgiven. And not only that, adopted into the family of God. That's incredible. That's the gospel, the good news, that we can be forgiven and adopted into God's family and have an inheritance in the kingdom of God for all of eternity because of his great grace and mercy. We can never forget that. You don't grow beyond that. You don't learn more that that doesn't matter anymore. I mean, that, you, can't, you can't find any news better than that news, the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel. And Jesus, it says, is going town to town preaching this, this gospel. Well, the story goes on in Luke chapter 8. Let me jump down to verse 4. It says, while a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told them this, this parable. Verse 5, he tells this story. It says, a farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and it was trampled on, and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell along thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than what was sown. When he said this, he called out, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. I always remember the focus of this story. Whenever I've heard it taught, in all the years growing up, I've always heard it taught. And I, how I've always taught it, there's, there's these different kinds of soil. And, and the message usually kind of breaks down the different types of people that hear and, and, and their responses. And, and although I think that's important in the main thrust of this story, I want to I take a different angle on it today as we talk about the kingdom of God. Now, before I do that, uh, first, I want you to see the meaning of it. And Jesus gives us the meaning of this parable down in verse 11. It says, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God, and those along the path are the ones who hear it. And then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the, in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked out by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on the good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. So there's some obvious application here, how you would typically teach this passage, you, this story, you'd say, you know, you put some roots down, make sure your heart is good and fertile soil so that God's word can grow up in it. Uh, there's an obvious application here about not letting the, the worries and the riches and the pleasures of life choke out what God wants to do in your life because you're distracted. There's so many things we could teach on, and I think those would all be great messages. But I want you to focus instead on, on verse 8 this time. I want you to look at verse 8 at the beginning. It says, still other seed fell on good soil, and it came up, check this out, this is amazing. It came up and it yielded a crop. A hundred times more. A hundred times more. Wherever you're at right now, I want you to just say more. Come on, come on, say more. That's right, more. A hundred times more than what was sown. So whatever was planted in the ground, a hundred times more was the harvest. Now that's that's some good math. That's, that's, some, that's some good gain. That's some amazing progress. That's multiplication. 
If you look in the, in the Gospel of Matthew, he writes about this same story, but he adds a little more detail for us. In Matthew chapter 13, verse, verse 8, look at this. He says, Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. So I don't care which one of those options you take, the 30, the 60, or the 100. I mean, that's, that's a good return on what was sown, on what was planted. So here's what Jesus is saying. He's saying God's word, his, his truth, when it's planted in your heart and when it grows, when, when God's kingdom, when his reign comes in your life, not, not just when you know about God or even just believe in him generically, but when his kingdom comes in your life, like we talked about last week, when he's really first in your life, when he's over your life, when he is your life, when, when, when that kingdom comes in your life and God's word comes in your life, not just intellectually understanding it, not just emotionally feeling it, feeling it, but when it fills all of your life, when God's kingdom comes, think about this just for a moment. I can't even communicate how amazing this is. <laughs> There's exponential growth. It's multiplied a hundred times over. So we don't know what all that looks like in, in each of our lives. It's going to be different for each of us. But that means when God's reign really comes in your life through Jesus, eventually there could be a hundred times <laughs> the result of what was planted and deposited. So that might be in future generations. Think about that. The, the lives that you could touch that you may never meet in future generations. That could mean around the world and places around the world that you, your life touches other lives, that touch other lives. And they say we're only so many relationships from anybody in the world. I mean, think about who you could touch and how that could impact people or, or even nations. I mean, wow. Think about the things that you can't even imagine or dream of what God could do. This is talking about exponential increase. This is exceptional. A hundred times what was planted. I'll take the 30 at least. I mean, that's, that's incredible itself. The 60, I'll take the 60, but what I'm dreaming for is the hundred in your life, in our church, that God would do a hundred times more than what we can imagine because, man, this world needs it. Now you just watch the news. In fact, don't watch the news too much right now. It's all, it's all bad news. We need some good news. Doesn't our world need some good news right now? Well, here's the thing. I have some good news. You have some good news, some really good news. There's no better news. The news of Jesus Christ that we just talked about. That changes a human soul like nothing else can change it. That can change a city. That can change a nation. That can change a world. In fact, it's the only thing that can change a world in the way that we're talking about. To change those systemic problems, those deep-rooted issues of the soul, to change the sin in our life. There's nothing that can change our world like Jesus. That's the good news. And when it's deposited in your life, and when it grows, when God's kingdom gets free reign over your family, and in your home, and in your workplace, it says that it produces a harvest a hundred times what was sown. That's progress. That's multiplication. You know, every kingdom has a king. And our king Jesus is over this kingdom. It's, he's, he's ruling and reigning, and one day he'll hand that over to his father. He, he's, he's been entrusted with that kingdom. It tells us that in Corinthians, and he's, he's, he's reigning and ruling over this, this kingdom, the kingdom of God. And I put it this way in your teaching notes. When King Jesus truly reigns in me, he changes and he grows more than I can imagine. I warned you on the outset of this message, I'm not going, going to be able to, I'm, in fact, I'm going to fail at communicating to you how much potential there is, the kingdom of God. 
I'm a man. I'm going to do my best to tell you, but, but, but as a man, I cannot communicate fully the, the, the weight of the divine, the potential of the divine, what God wants to do. But go to his word. Let, read his word. Understand what God wants to do in your life. It's more than what you can imagine. But with my words, I want to help you see just a little taste of what he could do. I want you to think about your life. When King Jesus reigns in me, he changes and he grows more than I can imagine. What, what do you mean by that, Brandon? Here's, here's just a little bit of what I mean, but it fails, it fails to fully explain how great the change could be. See, when, when, when I give King Jesus reign over my life, my life will get better, better than I can imagine. My family will get better, better than I can imagine. I mean, God will do things in my family that, that I just can't explain when, when he's really reigning over the family members in my home. Like, God can do so much. My church will get better. My workplace can get better. My future is better, better than I can imagine. And it's not just out there, it's, it's in here. Once where I had no hope, when Jesus' kingdom comes in me, then there's endless hope. Where I was once lonely, I now have companionship with the Father, and I'm connected to his family, the church. Where once I was discouraged, now I'm encouraged. Where I was visionless, I now have a purpose. Where I was broken, I'm now made whole. Where I was a prisoner, I'm now set free. Where I was lost, now I'm found. I'm telling you, there's so much potential. There's so much potential. When our heart is good soil, God can grow a harvest that's beyond, I'm telling you, it's beyond what you can imagine. You you just can't see it all. It's beyond what any of us can imagine. There's a lot of things we don't know in the world. We don't know what next week holds or next month. And the experts are trying their best to give us some guidance, and government's trying to give us guidance, and industry leaders are giving us guidance. But really, nobody really knows fully the next few months and years. We just don't know. If anything, this pandemic showed that, that we don't know the future. It's uncertain. But there are certain things that we do know. And instead of focusing on what we don't know, we want to focus on what we do know. And what we do know is that God is in control, that Jesus is reigning, that his kingdom will come. And and when I focus on what he wants to do in me, wow. Instead of focusing on all the things and the fears, the things I can't control that are beyond me, I can focus on bringing God's kingdom to come more in my life. And when I do that, listen to the words of Ephesians chapter 3. It says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all I ask or imagine. Immeasurably more. You can't measure it. You can't count it. You can't quantify it. He'll do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power. Not your power, not mine. His power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Jesus Christ throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. I shared with you guys before that growing up, I, I heard my, my pastor at my home church preach that, that verse every week at the end of the service. He'd come up and he'd read Ephesians chapter 3. And man, that just got planted in me, hearing that over and over again. God can do more than what you imagine in your life. And that, that, that word of God got planted in my life. When I was a little boy, my mom led this, this Bible club at our church called Christian Youth Crusaders, and she taught the Bible, and that got planted in my life. My dad was a pastor growing up. I heard him preach so many great messages, and that word got planted in my life, and there was a student ministry at the church where he was pastor, and, and I, I grew up in the kids' ministry and then the student ministry, and all the time that, that word was getting planted in my life. 
When I was 16 years old, I went out and bought a new Bible and a devotional book, and God's Word got planted in my life. And, and for years now, every day I've been reading God's Word, and it's been planted in my life. And, and I'm telling you, after all that planting, now at this season of my life, I'm seeing a harvest. I'm seeing God do things in my life, and, and I believe through my life, that make a difference, and I'm, and I'm so grateful, but I, I look back at all the planting, and now I'm seeing a harvest, and it's not just what he's doing in or through my life. It's, it's what he's doing in my heart, and the peace that's there, and the, the joy that's unexplainable, and the love that I feel with my Father in heaven. It's because of what was planted, but it's not just in my life. There's so many stories I could tell you, but I wanted you to hear from a good friend of mine, Todd, who's a part of our church experience family, and he's going to tell you a story about a family where God's word was planted. Here's Todd. Thank you, Brandon. Uh, this starts back 120 years ago. And this woman, her name was Red. It was her nickname. Her real name was Zelda. No wonder she went by her nickname, right? Anyhow, in 1917, everybody knows about the Spanish flu. Kind of like what's going on here. Well, she came down with it, and she was sick for an entire year. And she, and she said, you know something? I need to work for God. This life is fleeting. At 17 years of age, she realized this could all be gone. Well, she had five children. And her oldest daughter, whose name was Betty, Betty uh, started having insomnia. And she'd wake up in the middle of the night. And she said, it's time to pray. She didn't think about, oh, I need to get some more milk or what, let me take a drug for that. No, it's time to pray. She started praying for everybody in her family. Her husband was in the Navy, so he was gone a lot. So she would pray for her husband. She would pray for her two daughters, Skip and Jean. Skip was the oldest, Jean was the youngest. And she would pray for them constantly, constantly, constantly. She was a prayer warrior for God. Later on, she became a lay minister in the Brethren Church. Well, her oldest daughter, Skip, saw this kind of emulation from God, from her mother and from her grandmother. And Skip said, when I have a family, I want to give that to my children. Well, like I, I talked about all these women, right? Well, Skip, what did she do? She had three sons. What's she going to do with three sons? She had a, a sister. So... Skip wasn't really into sports or anything like that, but she knew she had to reach her three boys. So what she would do is she would find books that they would be interested in. One was called God and the Gridiron, and it would read about football players who gave their life to God, and she would read Bible stories to these three boys. Well, that was uh, Skip and her family. Well, let me, let me tell you about another. Ironically, his name was Red. It was a man, though, and this man named Red, had nine boys and a daughter, and he had to raise them pretty much on his own because his wife was very sick and eventually died. So he was raising this family of nine boys and a girl on his own. Well, every single day of his life, he would go down into his basement. He would do exercises. After he did his exercises, he would say, okay, it's time to read. And he would read his Bible, and then he would pray. He did this for 79 years until he died in 1984. Now, let me tell you how he died. He went down into his basement to exercise. Then he opened up his Bible. He read his Bible. He began to pray, and God took him right there. He died peacefully, reading his Bible, praying to God. Well, he had, a, he had, like I said, he had nine boys. Well, the youngest boy's name is Jimmy. Well, Jimmy married Skip. Remember I talked about Skip? Well, he married Skip, and they had three sons together. Jimmy would say, did the same thing. He said, I want to be like my father. So what he would do is every day he would go down into the kitchen, though, and he would open up his Bible and pray. And then uh, when the boys came in, he would say, all right, just give me a second. And he would either finish his prayer or he would finish reading his Bible, and then he would get breakfast for those three boys. Well, Skip and Jim, obviously, they got married and they had three boys. Well, I'm the oldest son of Skip and Jim. My brother Michael and my brother Ross are the other ones. 
And I, I pale in comparison to the, the spiritual, uh, just the kingdom work that's been done by my great-grandmother, my grandfather, my grandmother, my parents. But to this day, I pray every day for my daughter and my grandson, and I read my Bible every day. And uh, eventually I went to Bible school, and I lead the, the men's group here at uh, Church Experience. We've only met one time because all this went out, so hopefully you can join us. But that's the legacy, hundredfold like you were talking about. It went down through the ages. Thank, Thank you, Brandon. Thank you, Todd. That's incredible, man. Wow. <laughs> what do you say to that? I mean, wow, that's amazing. The history there. A man and a woman coming together and, and saying, we're going to found this family on Jesus and, and God's word. And look, look at the fruit. That is absolutely incredible. A hundredfold. <laughs> did, did you see what Jesus is saying here? When the word is planted in good soil, 30, 60, 100 times more than what was planted. You just watch what God can do. More than what you can imagine. More than what you can imagine. In your life, that's for you. That's not for someone else. That's true for them too, but it's, it's, it's not just for your neighbor or the person that you know that's really spiritual. It's not just for the pastors and missionaries. No, this is for you. When you allow God's kingdom to come in your life and that word is planted in you, it grows and it multiplies in your kids' lives, in your neighbors' lives, in your coworkers' lives, in places you'll never go and people you'll never meet. God's kingdom can come through you when it comes in you. But it first has to come in you before it can come through you. I can't think of a better time than the middle of a global crisis when everything is changing and everybody's saying, man, I'm ready for a change. For you to pause and say, God, all right, I want you to change me. This is the time. This is the season. When all the busyness and all the chaos of normal life has been put on pause, I'm praying for a spiritual revival. And that's what I want in your life, and I pray for our church family every single day, and I would encourage you to join me in that prayer. And just let's pray for each other, that, that God will do a fresh work in our lives, that his kingdom will come in our church and in our cities, and it will come in our lives in ways that we cannot imagine for his glory. When his kingdom comes, it's in your notes. When his kingdom comes, his kingdom, it changes. It changes. And, and, and kingdom changes they, they grow from what is planted inside me. Kingdom changes grow out of what is planted inside me. And so when it's, when it's planted in me, it's, it's going to come up in my life and it's going to go out through my life. But before you can grow, you have to plant. Before you see a harvest, there's, there's a deposit. But all growth requires change. In fact, it, it demands, it necessitates change. If you want to grow, you're going to have to change. That, that tearing up of the soil and putting something in it, depositing it, that's a, that's a significant change. And change is not only required, but it's natural for us as believers. Robert Hill, uh, Ferguson of Hillsong Church, he said, the, the early church was birthed in a crisis of change. The disciples' lives changed on a daily basis. Only think about this. One day Jesus was physically present. The next day, he wasn't. One day, they were a small group, and the next day, a crowd. One day, there was order. The next day, there was chaos. The church was birthed in a time of crisis and a time of change. Very much like the season we're in now, there's, there's crisis in the world. A, a pandemic, it, it naturally changes things in our, our lives. 
But that exponential growth that we we're talking about, that great kingdom potential, it's birthed out of change when the soil is, is, is torn up. And new things are deposited because that change will eventually lead to growth and you can't have growth without the other, without the change, without the investment in our lives. But sometimes I think we miss the change that God wants to do. He doesn't want to do it just in unique times like this. He's always wanting to change your life. So why, why haven't we changed? Why, is it, why hasn't God's kingdom come more in our life during the normal times, the pre-pandemic times? Why, why didn't God's kingdom come more? You know, I, I would contend that sometimes... He's wanting to come, but we're just too busy that, that we move right past it. That in the hustle and bustle of life, we, we miss it. It's kind of like that shirt that, that you really want to wear, and, and you know you really want to wear it because every time you go to your closet, you, you reach for it and you grab it. I haven't worn that shirt for a long time, and you go to pull it out, and then you pull it halfway out, and you see how wrinkled it is. And it's not just your ordinary wrinkles that you can kind of like put a little water on it, you know, and like, you know, fix it up real quick or, or maybe a quick ironing will do it. No, it's like really wrinkled, like creased. <laughs> and, and you pull that thing out and you're like, it's just, it's too, I don't have time. It's too much work. And you put it back on the, on the hanger and, and, you, and you just go about, you grab another shirt and you go about your day. And, and you, the thing is, you have a shirt that you've been looking at for not just weeks, maybe not just months, but, but you haven't worn that thing for like a year. <laughs> Because every time you go to pull it off, you know that you need to fix the problem. But I don't have time. I'm kind of busy. And you, and you just keep speeding throughout your day. And so it just sits there. You know, God, God's been wanting to work in your life. And you, you know the areas that he's been wanting to change and that he's wanting to press into. But, but honestly, you've been just so busy and preoccupied that it's, that it's really taken a p- pandemic to open up your eyes to, to see what God's wanting to do, to, to pause some of the other things that normally take up your time to say, you know what, I really need to focus here on something that matters for the long term. They said that there was a, a rush on Bibles at Walmart. <laughs> I just think that's so cool to hear. I mean, people are, I think revival is starting to happen. I think, I think what God is doing in people's lives, churches, I've been talking with a lot of pastors, and the engagement of people is actually up. And, and there's, there's more people, and some people that would never walk through the doors of a church because the gospel is now so filling the internet. The 300,000 churches that are not able to meet right now across America alone. Most of them are putting their services on the internet, and people are finding creative ways through their social media and different blogs and podcasts to get get God's word out in this time. and And people are hearing it they haven't heard it before, and that's that's good news. See, God can bring great things even out of bad situations when His kingdom comes. But it it requires us to to slow down and change our pace, and sometimes to change our focus. Change our perspective. And say, God, I've, I've been looking at the wrong things. I've been fixating on my career or my economics or this relationship or, or tomorrow. I've been so consumed with the worries and the pleasures and the riches of this world that I've missed the true treasure, the kingdom of God. So we might have a focus change, a perspective change. What we're looking at day after day has to change. One person said, change the way that you look at things, and the things that you look at will change. How are you looking at things? Are you looking at them through the eyes of the kingdom? Man, what could God do here? Do you see every person as a 10? Do you see their potential? Or do you just see their past? Do you see their future? Or do you see their failures? 
When you look through the eyes of the kingdom and you look at things differently and you say, man, what could God do here? If God's word was planted, if there was good soil, man, imagine what God could do. Just, just think for a moment. What could God do in your life? What could he do through your life, if, in your family, in your home, in your neighborhood? How does God want to use those unique giftings he's put in your life? See, some people are taking those, those giftings that they have and those abilities and they're, they're, they're so focused on the things of the world. How can I use these things to make more money or become somebody or whatever that they're missing what's right in front of them is God's wanting to use them and their unique giftings to change the world for his kingdom, to bring his kingdom to come. How would God use you if you fully surrendered to him and say, God, it's not about me anymore. It's about your name, not my name. It's about your kingdom, not my kingdom. It's about your glory, not my glory. What could God do immeasurably more? That's the answer that God's word gives us. Immeasurably more than what we could ask or imagine. It's just more. It's just more. Say more. More. It's just, it's just more. So how? How is this going to happen? Well, I want to look one more time back at this, this story in Luke chapter 8, and I think we see a roadmap here down in verse 15. Jesus is explaining this, this parable that he told and says, But the seed on good soil, it stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word and they retain it. And by persevering, they produce a crop. So, so let's, let's break this down. Let's just look at this because I, I think there's... There's four very brief but powerful points here that if you'll, if you'll take this, this message and you'll run with it, you're going to see that immeasurably more we're talking about. That, that first one right there at the beginning of, of verse 15, where it says, the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word. How does exponential kingdom growth happen in my life? One, it's, it's, it's having that, that good, noble heart that preparing that soil saying, God, I, I want my heart to be open to what you want to do, and so I want to avoid sin. So is there any areas of sin in your life? And, and you know what that is. Nobody needs to explain that to you. You know you shouldn't be doing it, and you know it's wrong. It's, it's pulling you away from God. See, you say, well, why, why am I not praying and reading my Bible? Why am I not feeling that revival in my life? Well, well sin will, will keep you away from revival. Now, revival will keep you away from sin, but you can't have both. So do you want revival or do you want to hold on to that chair of sin in your life? And repentance means the change direction. It means I'm not happy with what this was delivering. The ways of the world were not enough. They're flashy and shiny on the outside, but once I took a bite, man, it was, it was sour. It left me with regret. If that's where you've been, the road you've been down, listen, repentance is a change direction. Say, no more of that. I'm going a different direction. You've got to get that sin out of your life. If you want to see a change, you've got to repent. You're going to need help in that. You're going to need to surround yourself with other people. You're going to need to not only confess it to God, but to others. You're going to need to put a plan together or maybe set boundaries around your life and fill up on a good appetite instead of a bad appetite. There's so much we could talk about, but, but you've got to get that sin out of your life if you want the revival, if you want God's kingdom to come, if you want the exponential growth in your life, then you've got to get rid of the sin and prepare the good soil, have a good heart that comes only from God. We don't have a good heart on our own. We need God's help to change our heart. And you can do that, a lot of that in prayer, by seeking God every day. Not just asking God for stuff, but spending time talking to him, preparing the soil of your life. But then verse 15, it, it goes on, and says, the, the seed stands for the good soil, those with the noble and good heart who hear the word. So here's the next thing, I have to position myself to hear the word of God. You're doing that right now, and I'm so proud of you for doing that. 
I'm sure there's many that thought about doing this, and they're like, well, no, I haven't got my workout in this week. I'm going to go do my workout. I'll get to that later. Or, man, I, I really need to go get groceries. I'm going to get there before all the toilet paper's gone this morning. I'm going to get out. I'm going to take care of it. And I'll, I'll catch up later. But they don't, they don't come back to it. But you've prioritized it. you said, no, no, what's first in my life is God, and I'm going to put this first, hearing God's word, being a part of a worship service with our church family. I'm putting that first. I hope you do it every day. You put it first, and you say, I'm going to read God's word at the beginning of the day. And, and if not the beginning of the day, whatever your schedule is, that you find time to, to get in God's word every day. There's podcasts. There's YouTube videos teaching the Bible. We, we provide right now media for free to our church family. It's a bunch of resources. You can get in Bible studies and groups and hear messages. There's, there's no excuse in the era we live in not to hear God's word. But we have all kinds of reasons. And our reasons, as my mentor PK says, our reasons explain us, but they don't excuse us. So are you hearing God's word? See, God, God's kingdom can't grow if you don't deposit. You gotta deposit. It's his word that brings the change. It's his truth. You gotta get in his word daily. The YouVersion Bible app's a great way. There's devotionals on there of every topic. You can listen, audio, hear God's word. You can buy a physical Bible and mark it up and highlight it. Just get in God's word. I see something else here in verse 15. A third thing. The good soil, we've talked about preparing our heart. We've talked about receiving, hearing God's word, and it says those who retain it. Those who retain it, how do I retain God's word so that it produce a harvest? Well, internalize it. You can even memorize it. Reflect on it. Meditate on it. Teach it to others. Put it in your phone. You find a verse you like, post it up somewhere. Yet, not only hear it, but retain it. Bring it into your life. Write it on the doorframe of your home, as it says in the Old Testament. Fill your life with it. And then four, I see this in verse 15. It says that, and by persevering, they produce a crop. By persevering, by continuing in it, day after day, that's when the harvest comes. And, and a lot of times we're stubborn and determined at the wrong things, and, and then we're too flexible on the things that we should be committed to. So, so we're really, really strong-willed on something that we should be more open with and say, all right, you know, I'm willing to, I'm willing to negotiate on that. But then, then we get real flexible on, on truth and, and things and morality and things that we should draw a hard line on and say, no, I'm not, I'm not going to compromise in that area. But it says by persevering. By persevering with developing that good soil and day after day being in God's word, planting and hearing it and internalizing it, bring it into my life, learning it, teaching it to others, sharing it, talking about it. By persevering that day after day, that's when it says the crop comes. By persevering, by persevering the production of the crop, then it comes. That, that, that hundred times what was planted, that comes through the continuation of doing those four things. Preparing the good soil in my heart. Hearing and receiving God's word, retaining it, committing it to memory, pulling it into my life, and pulling it into the lives of people I care about. And then by persevering, that's when the harvest comes. And how we say all that here at Church Experience so often, it's in your notes as a final lesson, it's this. Faithfulness leads to fruitfulness. That's it. Faithfulness leads to fruitfulness. So if you want to see the fruitfulness of God's kingdom come in your life, then you've got to be faithful to do these things. To prepare your heart, to get into God's word, to retain it and persevere in it. You will see over the years, over the generations, God will do a hundred times more than what is planted. That's what his word tells us. It's amazing what God can do. As you are faithful, God is fruitful. As you're faithful to pray, you'll see God, you'll see God be fruitful in how he answers prayers. As you're faithful to know his word, he will be fruitful in how he changes your life. 
as you're faithful to serve others, you'll see God be fruitful in how he works through your weaknesses to make strong changes in the world. As you're faithful to honor God with things that he provides for you and blesses you with, like your finances, you'll see God be, bring fruitfulness in your life in the area of provision, in the area of using you, you and your resources to build his kingdom literally around the world. As you're faithful to invest in your family, as you're faithful to invest in friendships relationally and point them to God's kingdom, you'll see God bring a fruitful increase in their lives. As you pray for them, you'll see God change lives through your life. Lives for all eternity changed. Families changed. It's amazing. As you're faithful, as you're faithful, God will be fruitful. You will see the fruitfulness of the kingdom of God in your life as you are faithful. So so much of our thinking right now is focused on what's happened to us in this pandemic. And a lot has happened to us. Our world's different. But instead of focusing on what's happened to us, where the real difference comes is when when we focus on what's happening in us. Because you can't change always what happens to you, but you can typically control what happens in you. And you can do that by exactly what we're talking about today, allowing God's kingdom to come in your life, allowing his word to be planted, preparing your heart to be that good soil, and you'll see God's kingdom come and his will be done in your life and through your life. Right on? Right on. Let's pray. Hey, Father, thank you so much for your kingdom, that we can be a part of it, the reign of Christ over all things. That's what we want. We want your kingdom to come in our lives, in our hearts, in our families, our cities, our world. We need good news. Our world's been filled with bad news. We've been flooded with it, but Jesus, please rain down your kingdom in these times. Bring revival. Do a new work in our hearts and in the lives of people that we we love and care about. Jesus, bring that spiritual revival. But God, today we we admit that and understand, we acknowledge that it's not going to come in our life. That revival we want is not going to come until we prepare our heart, that good soil. Until we get rid of the sin, putting walls up between us and you. Until we get into your word and not just hear it preached, but we... We, we retain it, we bring it into our life, we learn it, we know it, teach it to others. And then as we persevere in that, God, we're believing you to do 30, 60, 100 times more than what we can ever imagine. We're believing that, God, because we want your kingdom to come and your will to be done in our lives and in our world. It's in Jesus, our King. It's in his name we pray and everyone say Thanks for joining us at Church Experience Online. Please don't forget to check out the website if you'd like to get more connected, learn more, get your questions answered, or support this movement financially. You're now going to hear a Church Experience Worship original song, and we hope this gives you an opportunity to worship and reflect on what you learned today. We can move now.